Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of John. We're going to be looking at John chapter 12. This is a rich part of the Bible, as McGee says. I love these studies. So we're going to be seeing Mary anointing Jesus at Bethany. And then um, there's a plot actually to kill Lazarus. And then Jesus' triumphal entry. And uh, then even some Greeks... um, in Jerusalem are coming to see Jesus. You gotta, you gotta be amazed at that if you're, if you're the Jews, because he's got appeal to, to, um, you know, the whole world, you know, and the Pharisees are seeing it, and um, they're exasperated now that they're, it's out of control. They, the crowd is overwhelmingly. Um, in favor of, of Jesus, and uh, you've got a lot of people that are just there for the amazement <clears throat> of him uh, to begin with, because you know, as we recall uh, from our study yesterday, he just raised Lazarus from the dead. You know, so people are, I mean, talking about a superstar here. He is, he is. Um, Rock star status, you know, if you would, he is um, uh, be, maybe be up beyond that. He has just raised somebody from the dead. Your ordinary rock star can't do that. So um, let's jump in and uh, see what insight we can we can see from this amazing part of the Word of God. Chapter twelve, verse one: Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany. Therefore, he's kind of he's kind of like he's going. He had some plans. Bethany is where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus uh, lived. That's where they had uh, he had uh, raised Lazarus earlier, and uh, so where Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead, so they gave him a dinner uh, for him there. And McGee makes the point that Jesus, you know, began his public ministry in the family uh, around a wedding and things like that with a family wedding and Jesus is concluding his ministry he's not doing anything anymore ministry in public he's concluding everything uh, in the home 
He says the church probably uh, started in the home and it'll probably end in the home. Um, as many of these big churches grow cold and um, stop um, really getting into the Word of God. So, um, Martha served. Martha's always serving. That's her nature. And Lazarus was one of those reclining at, uh, with him at the table. So, Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive um, <clears throat> ointment <clears throat> made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Another beautiful thing. <clears throat> uh, and this is not uh, the same anointing as the um, uh, the other woman um, who washed um, his feet with her tears and dried it with her hair. So different kind of anointing here. Um, we've got um, <clears throat> uh, uh, kind of a picture of worship, I think. You've got uh, someone serving, uh, someone reclining and and taking in a, a meal, and then you've got someone um, anointing and exalting. It's all different aspects of of the relationship with Christ. We serve with Him, we recline with Him, and we we exalt Him in our in our own humility. My study Bible makes the point that Jewish women would never unbound their hair uh, in unbind their hair in public. But again, Mary's doing this, um, paying attention to Jesus' feet, which is really a servant's job. And uh, so she's uh, taking a very, very low position here to do this for him. That's probably all she figured she could do, but it was right and it was purposeful. Um and she might have known in her heart that this is, um, as McGee said, she might have known in her heart that Jesus uh, was going to die. She, we just don't know, but <clears throat> we don't see a lot of it expanded in the Bible <clears throat> other than she was compelled to anoint his feet. And uh, But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples who... And John makes the point, he who was about to betray him, he, you know, we clearly label Judas here, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? You know, he's, you know, after all Jesus has done, he's trying to call Jesus out, you know, second guess Jesus, or maybe let him know that Jesus is not very good with the money, or he is better with the money. And he said this, as we see in verse 6, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. So we see Judas given the money. He would spend the money, you know, a little bit, but he would keep a little bit for himself. Oh, yeah. You, don't you see how people in charge of money, uh, it's no problem to dish a little bit out uh, if it, as long as it belongs to somebody else. So, Jesus said, 
Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Wow, what a rebuke. But it's done in such humility, you can't say anything. Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. He, I mean, he is setting himself even beneath Mary. Mary is taking a really low position of a servant, opening up this um, perfume to um, this ointment to anoint Jesus. But as Jesus has, you know, just received such an, an exaltation here from her, he's saying <clears throat> that he's about to die. So normally you would you would put this maybe... Um, on a corpse, Jesus is, you know, he's not even accepting <clears throat> the exaltation. He's letting him know he's about to die. And then he immediately doesn't dwell on that. He says, for the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. So he's letting him know <clears throat> that there's a reason for this and that it is right for her to do this. And he lets her know that <clears throat> she can use this for the burial purposes as well. I mean, what do you say to that? And of course, nobody knows that Jesus has to die. He came to die. He's here to offer himself up for people. You know? He's still sovereign. He's still in control. And this is according to God's plan. Verse 9, when the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So these were curiosity seekers, you know. These were your people who are, you know, your paparazzi types. These are people coming because something amazing had happened. They want to see it for themselves. They They can't quite believe it. They have to see it for themselves. Can you imagine how people are talking? Verse 10, So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. So the crowds were coming, you know, see Jesus, but we want to see proof of Lazarus. And a lot of people are believing in Jesus just because they're seeing Lazarus. So, of course, Jesus has to die. And then the chief priests... You know, once again, ignore the miracle and not only not only want to ignore the miracle, they want to put Lazarus back to death. You know, as if dying once wasn't good enough, let's put let's let's kill him ourselves. They cannot they're looking at a resurrection from the dead and they want to kill it. That shows you what a corrupt mind and a corrupt heart will do. It will pollute your thinking where you can't even see the miracle straight ahead in front of you. Judas couldn't see the miracle straight ahead in front of him. Judas couldn't relate to the worship going on right now around Jesus. Look at people today. They ignore the miracles of Christ. The next day, the large crowd that had 
come to the feast and heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. So now they're they're putting their they're waving the palm tree palm branches, which as my study Bible says, this is a sign of military victory. Okay. They probably did it to King David. You know, a whole bunch when he would come back from his military campaigns. So <clears throat> they're doing the same thing. And they're they're calling him the king of Israel. So they're they're saying, This is the guy. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Jesus did this to fulfill prophecy. This was in Zechariah uh, 9, verses 9, and then also in the Psalms 118, verses 25 through 26. So, as he's coming in like this, Jesus did this to offer himself to the people. He was well aware, Jesus was, of the Scriptures, but He did this to show them that Scripture was being fulfilled. And Jesus is coming as a king, but not in an earthly way. It would have probably been really easy to take this as a sign that He's coming um, to be king, to claim kingship. But again, Jesus... Jesus' kingship is in a spiritual nature. Verse 16, His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, this means after His crucifixion and resurrection from the dead in His glory, then they remembered that these things had been written about Him and had been done to Him. Okay, so they appreciated all this later, but Jesus in their presence was fulfilling prophecy. Verse 17, The crowd that had been with Him when He called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to bear witness. That, you know, they're still, they're still talking him up. They can't believe it. They're, I mean, they're, they're just, they're so amazed. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that uh, they heard that he had done this sign. So these, again, so many people were excited, and they're just, um, you know, the paparazzi uh, seekers here, they're just you know, looking for something amazing to see. So the Pharisees said to one to another, you see what uh, you were gaining? Nothing. The world has gone after him. So in other words, it just kind of reflects, it's kind of an overstatement, the whole world. It's, it's an overstatement. It's an obvious, exasperated group here. You know, look, the whole world's going after him. We're, we got nothing, you know, from this. You know, nobody's worshiping, you know, in our direction. Nobody's, you know, giving us any honor at all. We've got nothing out of this, you know. So we're supposed to be respected. Verse 20, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was uh, from uh, Bethesda in Galilee and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, 
it bears much fruit. Jesus is foreshadowing not only his death and resurrection, but also the gospel message as it's getting ready to go out to the whole world, to the Gentiles. And that is his response to when the Greeks, the Gentiles, want to come to worship or to, 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 to see him as well. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali, and we'll follow back up here Monday as we continue our study through this great book of John. And so for me to you, as always, keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield, and we'll see you here next time. God bless you all.